0: Today on the Back Row Fantasy Show, I have Michael Bauer from the Dynasty Rewind. You all know him. He's a friend of the show. We're going to talk about how these rookies, incoming rookie class, affects the players that were there before him now on the Back Row Fantasy Show. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Brian Hux. Had to do it. Had to do it. <laughs> had to do it. Okay, so Bauer's with me. No arms, no hucks. It's a uh, it's an impromptu show that Bauer had time for, thankfully. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Always. We talk all the time, so we're always wanting to record together. It just doesn't always come to fruition, but it did tonight. So Bauer's with me. This is going to be not one of our longer shows, but... You know, it'll be good because we're going to talk about the rookies that are incoming and how they affect your fantasy shares of the guys that were there before them. So that being said, let's just talk about whatever for a minute. Uh, COVID-19? No, let's not talk about that shit. Let's just talk. No, please no. No, No, I'm done. Absolutely done with it. I'm actually done with it all the way around. I can't wait for the guys to be back in the studio with me. This, This shit is getting old. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll tell you what, though. You guys are still doing a great job, you and Arms, you know, holding it down. Um, now you know what it's like for us at the Rewind to record remotely every week. I think we do an okay job, but I'd love to see everybody's pretty faces in person. So um, you guys have been doing great. I do get upset when there's no new Backrow Fantasy Show, as you know. Um, <laughs> but um, I get hope upset everybody's too. doing well out there. I get Sorry,
0: upset. That? I get upset, too. I, I don't like when we miss one, but it is. Uh... This whole recording remotely thing Uh, is just not easy. No,
1: it's not. And um, it seems like now they're finally starting to come out with some good platforms to do it. You know, like there's um, something that I'm actually going to try out soon called StreamYard. You heard of
0: that one yet? I have. J-Mike over at the Open Bar highly recommends StreamYard.
1: Yeah, I want to try that one out. It's free to sign up for, so I just want to play around with it a little bit and... Who knows, maybe the Dynasty Rewind will make their own YouTube channel and you could see, if you really want to see my face, you could see that on there. Thankfully, we're not using video tonight, so we're good there.
0: I would be all for a Dynasty Rewind on StreamYard. I, I've thought about doing that with me and ARMS on this show, but ARMS is a little technology uh, illiterate, so to speak, so not going to happen.
1: I hear that. It's been rough, you know, starting your own podcast. If you're not a real tech savvy guy, thankfully I have somebody like you to help me out. So, um, you know, bugging you all the time, asking you questions. So
0: thanks again. Appreciate it. Never bugging me. I I have yearned for someone to talk to about audio stuff, about podcasting. And and you're out of all the people I know, you're the one that is right there with me that kind of lives and breathes this stuff. So no, that, that's, that's why the first person I think of is like, hey, I don't have arms. He had something to do. What about Bauer? And, and here we are. I got Bauer. Hey, glad I, glad I could hop on. Also, um, real quick, are you telling
1: everybody um, about the, um, the channel that you started? Have you been pumping that on here? Which Not one? quite sure. Which one? Well,
0: you know, the um, 32 Teams channel. Oh yeah. Each individual podcast. I I try to, I try to remember to pump it every chance I get, but that being said, Bauer's also a part of the network that, uh, we started me and Bauer have kind of, uh, spearheaded that Bauer has been helping me out with it. So we're striving for 32 teams. You know, each podcast is team specific. We're, we're up to 13 Bauer does the Eagles show. I do the Dolphins show, some other guys in our podcast friend circle, Matthew Bruning, Aaron Yackel, John Eddy, Tom Tuttle. The list kind of goes on. It's a pretty solid group right now that we have doing uh, team specific shows and and it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the Dolphins part of it. I know you're enjoying the Eagles show as well.
1: So if you listen to me on the dynasty rewind, I'd like to think that I'm a little more uh, laid back, a little more politically correct and user friendly. I let it all hang out on the Back Row Eagle Show. I don't hold anything back at all. If you want to hear me curse? If you want to hear me challenge Danny Cannell to a fight, that is the place to come to. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is kind of a place for us to just let loose. And to me, right now, the best the best example of that is our own Dan Rozier, or at the B League set. <laughs> man you, absolutely you, you want to talk about a fun show like dan brings the hype he brings the excitement it, it is right now like if i'm in a bad mood i slap on that back row giant show and dan rosier pretty much just makes me laugh or smile every effing time and it, it's it's pure magic that we can all kind of get together as podcasters make a network and, and have really fun, good, wholesome human beings like Dan on that, man, he's, have you listened to much of his show? I've caught a couple
1: episodes. Admittedly, I have, I've been behind on some podcasts. Um, there's been a lot of really good new music coming out. So I've been a little preoccupied with that. Also when I drive my daughter to my in-laws house a couple days a week, she talks the entire time, baby gibberish. So I can't hear anything over her giggling and laughing and talking. I just, I just don't put anything on when she's in the car with me. So
0: oh, it's tough. a little behind
1: on podcasts.
0: It, right now. It's tough. Listening to podcasts is, is definitely one of those things that you just have to be alone to do. I, I can't, I can't squeeze in anything unless I'm driving. And now my commute to work has been cut from 45 minutes down to like seven. So it, it's been really hard for me to listen to much, but I try to slip it in when I can. That's what she said.
1: I was just about to say
0: that you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, that that's – when you said channel, I was thinking obscure mics, and that's where all the – that's what she said stuff comes. But we digress. Bauer, let's, uh, let's get right into the meat and potatoes of everything. I, I'm going to start out on running backs, and, and some of these are going to be just quick hitters because we already kind of know who these guys are going to affect. But I kind of want to put like a, 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 percentage on it, like a timeshare. If it's going to be, most of these guys are going to be in timeshare starting out. So starting with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, obviously he's affecting Damian Williams shares all across fantasy. What do you think the timeshare is there Bauer? Just without knowing anything from OTAs, I don't know if we're going to have a training camp, but your best guess, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, is he 60% of the carries? We won't count some of the other guys. 60-40 maybe with Damian Williams starting out? Is it 50-50? How how is Damian Williams' shares affected? I'm going to go 50-50 right now.
1: I'm going to go 70-30 Damian Williams. I think he really proved himself in the Super Bowl run the whole Super Bowl year, even though he was hurt. And the narrative that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is an easy 1-1 is a very lazy narrative as far as I'm concerned. I get it. Um, But it's easy to say, hey, anybody on the Chiefs' offense is the 1-1. Okay, that's fine. I understand if you want to take the easy way out. Um, He's not good in pass pro. He's not the best between the tackles, but he's good enough. He's great. He's an outstanding receiver. So when I say that, I don't want to um, discredit what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does. That being said, no OTAs, pushback training camp, that leans towards the veterans better. So, you know, your Damian Williams shares, they could be good. They could be gold to sell later on down the road. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's going to be a stud. I just want to say that it just might not be as soon as you think
0: i kind of agree with that to to an extent because you are correct uh, the Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be behind and Damian Williams already knows everything there is to know about the Chiefs offense correct. so so i agree i i just think if i had to go game one yeah 70 30 but i'm thinking full season like by the time everything shakes out, I think it ends up being a 50-50 timeshare, you know, down the middle as the season progresses. But you, you're right, Damian Williams probably going to be the first man in, and Clyde edwards solaire is going to have to impress early and often to to get more of that share. That moves me on to DeAndre Swift. He's got. Carry-on. I knew you were going there.
1: I actually thought I thought you were going to go there first. To be honest with you.
0: Now, I, where Clyde edwards is considered kind of the impromptu 1-1, one, one, I tend to start there. But across uh, the last episode where we did all the draft comparisons, like DeAndre Swift pretty much clean sweep across the board at 2-2. Two, two. I disagree with it. But where where do you see DeAndre Swift with on Johnson? I, I see that. I think Swift might be the first guy that gets – the chance to carry the load, because on Johnson will probably go into the season being hurt.
1: Yeah, probably. I got to be honest with you. I'm staying away from the Lions' backfield for the time being. Um, if I'm at one two, um, depending on who comes off at one one, I'm not going DeAndre Swift. This isn't to discredit DeAndre Swift, but um, he's not. He doesn't. Like my co-host, Porkman, says on the Rewind, he's not a dog. He's not going to murder you to get the ball in the end zone. I don't think he's that great between the tackles. However, in the open field, he's extremely elusive. He can really make you miss. He'll make you look stupid. Um, I don't understand why Patricia drafted a guy like DeAndre Swift. He said he won a three-down bell cow, and yet he passed on Jonathan Taylor. He did say that in some article somewhere I saw. Somebody called me out on that on Twitter. I just want to say I did see it. I can't remember where. Not the most prepared guy. Sorry about that. But um, I'm staying away from DeAndre Swift. He was great. He was elusive at Georgia. I don't know if that translates to the NFL that much. They're faster in the NFL. Yes, speed equals championships in the SEC. I get it. But um, I think it's 50-50 to start, to be honest with you. I, I just feel like Patricia doesn't like Carrion Johnson for whatever reason. It's it's going to be weird. They don't know how to really throw to a running back either. I don't I don't know what to say about that. I don't want anybody on that team aside from wide receivers and Matt Stafford. To be perfectly honest with you, no. At I, this point,
0: I'm with you. I I have not been a fan of the Lions' run game since Barry Sanders. I mean, there's no other way to spin it. And just because Matt Patricia is there, it, it does not simply mean they're going to be a running team. I think he would like to lean a little more into the run, but the the personnel's not there. The line has. The guys that are on that line that have been there for a while, are, they're used to slinging the rock. So, you know, their pass pro is better than their than their run blocking. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm staying away from DeAndre Swift as well. Granted, if he falls a little bit in drafts, which all mine are over, but if he would have fell, you know, I, I would have taken a stab on him. He's super talented. I just – the Lions in the running back situation scares me. I just – it hasn't worked out for me. I've done it time and time again. I've been a carry-on owner. I've been a Kevin Jones owner. I've been a Javid Best owner. Hell, I've been a Bo Scarborough oh. owner. But Javid Best, jeez, it, it just doesn't work out. So, DeAndre Swift, I still think they drafted him so high, and I do think you're right that Patricia is not a carry-on Johnson lover. So, I put the Swift closer to probably 65-35 right out of the gate. I mean – some of the pundits out there, draft analysis, they think that DeAndre Swift is the best three down back in the draft. I kind of disagree. I, I think that's Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but hey, it is what it is. Moving on, you you thought you talked about Jonathan Taylor being the Bell Cow guy. What about Marlon Mack? Out of all these guys, honestly, Jonathan Taylor might have the most to worry about just because Mack is young and he is pretty good. I mean I, I don't I think Damian Williams is better for the Chiefs but Marlon Mack is probably a better pure runner than the two aforementioned guys in Carryon Johnson and uh Damian Williams. So Jonathan Taylor he's he's going to get the ball that's a definite but does he start out as a bell cow? I don't think he starts out as a bell cow. What do you
1: I'm thinking like maybe a this could be 50-50 right out of the gate. But Marlon Max a jag, you know, he's just a guy. Um, he, is. he doesn't really do anything he doesn't really do anything well. He does everything good enough. Um, I don't know. The Colts all season, I, I like their draft though. They they got Phillip Rivers in free agency. I like the easing pick. Um, if you look at the Colts, they could be really setting up for the future. Um, Jonathan Taylor in the second was a steal. A lot of people rejected him in the first round. Um yeah, I don't know. I think it's fifty fifty to start, but um talent always wins out and he is just the better back, even without having taken a snap in the NFL, and I do believe that. Also, let's like take a moment and say, uh, thank you to the two guys in my league that I sold Marlon Mack and Carry on Johnson to in the off season. Same my home league. Really appreciate that. Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> same, same. Every share. And I had a few Marlon Mack shares and I had a few uh Damian Williams shares. And I had a few Carry on Johnson shares. And they're all gone. I, I just, you, that feeling was setting in pre-draft that those guys were all going to come out of the draft with someone. And it turns out they came out with really good running backs. So on a buy low scale, are you willing to buy Marlon Mack, Damian Williams, or carry on Johnson low, or are you just bypassing?
1: Oh, I'll always buy low on a running back. You know, if they have someone in front of them, there's always the chance of injury. And you always need depth, especially with the way the NFL is now. It's a lot of running back by committee, so you never really know. It's so hard to find that CMC and Zeke and Saquon Barkley. It it is so hard to find those guys. And I really think that – do you think maybe this class got overblown a little bit? Like everyone's trying to find the next CMC, kind of trying to move up and get these guys?
0: I think every year. I think every single year the running back class is a little bit overblown. I, I mean, there's – we don't get superstars every single year, and just because of the names in this draft, like, we, you know, th- this is one of those situations where the next guy on the list, Cam Akers, could be better than all of them just solely based on situation. Like, Daryl Henderson is the one guy, out of all these situations we've talked about so far, that really hasn't put anything on film for the Rams. So, yeah, I do think it's a little overhyped. I mean, I didn't like the swift landing spot. I love the Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire landing spots. But, again, it's these guys always look like gold coming in. But then how many really take the league by storm? I mean, last year, what rookie sure. running backs took the, the league by storm?
1: Um, mm, none that I could think of this. The league was taken by Gardner Minshew in that mustache last year. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, you know, off the top of your head, it's not, it's not something that you can simply think about and be like, oh, well, you know, this guy it, it took the league by storm. It, it's never every single rookie. It just doesn't happen. So even though we've got five or six backs that are consistently being taken in the top. 10 of rookie drafts history pretty much tells us that it's not going to work out. Not for all of them.
1: No, I agree with that.
0: I mean, last year we had Josh Jacobs. I mean, he, in our league format, he finished as running back 21 points per game. He did better. Uh, David Montgomery folks were really high on him. He didn't, he finished top 25, but I, I, you know, there's, That's probably going to be more of the same. We had two running backs last year, back half of the top 25, both talented guys. I mean, Josh Jacobs, there's no disputing. He's talented, and he got the chance. Oh, absolutely. He still didn't finish his top 10. So what really are the chances of of these guys finishing top 10? I I just don't – I think it takes a year. I think it typically takes a year for rookie running backs to really get going. Unless I, I would agree with that. Unless they're, you oh, know, can't miss. Sorry. Christian McCaffrey didn't get going year one. I mean, he was good, he was fantasy relevant, but he wasn't Christian McCaffrey of year three. Oh, yeah. I, I think actually thinking about it now, the
1: only guy that really took the quote unquote lead by storm, and it wasn't right away, but when Norton Howard got hurt, uh, Miles Sanders definitely looked like he was the hype. So,
0: yeah, Miles Sanders. You know, and the Eagles didn't draft a running back. So, we'll see. The the only, Here's the thing I've been worrying about with Miles Sanders lately. Like, they didn't draft a running back, but you and I both know the Eagles always have more guys getting carries than just one. They, they have been very much running back by committee for a long time, and I am fairly confident that we're going to see a significant amount of carries from Jalen Hurts. They're going to run a lot of weird formations. I mean, yeah. you, you've got the Philly special. This this is the team that is the king of the trick play now. And Jalen Hurts almost definitely is going to be back there with Miles Sanders. And you're not going to know if it's a pass or a run. And Jalen Hurts is probably going to run plenty. So I still don't see Miles Sanders sniffing 300 carries. That's not going to happen. I'm thinking more like two. That's okay. It is, yeah. I mean, hey, that's hey, the league.
1: He- he, he can do it with, unless he's so elusive. Um, you can ask Hux about uh, the time that they played the Bills that Hux guaranteed a win. And I seem to remember highlights from that game, Miles Sanders running all over them. So um, he doesn't need the carries. He just needs one or two opportunities, and he can make it work. Don't forget, he was Mr. Football uh, in Pennsylvania the year he was recruited to go to Penn State. And then Saquon Barkley came in and just did Saquon Barkley things. So... um he, he is a t- very talented running back. He fixed his pass pro. That's another thing. I, I talked about that with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. If Miles Sanders can fix his pass pro, there is no reason to think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire can't. That's just one of the things that keeps you off the field early in the season.
0: Yeah, and that's what usually takes running backs a year to develop is they need coached up on pass pro because you know there's not a lot of NFL-style offenses in college football, not a lot of guys that are – highly proficient you hear it every year every single year one of the cons on almost every running back coming out is pass pro whether they're adequate or not it's one of their cons so that that's what all of these guys are going to have an issue with none of them were considered you know major league in pass pro so got to temper our expectations on the rookies a little bit agreed now (laughs) Cam Akers, this is probably – he was one of my favorite running backs going in because of what he did behind a terrible line. But, of course, he falls into a terrible line again. But his competition isn't as impressive to me. Daryl Henderson, people were high on him going into 2019, but he did nothing. And then you've got who? – who is it? Is it Benny Cunning? Not Benny Cunningham, is it? It's Malcolm Brown? Malcolm Brown, yeah. I always think about benny cunningham whether it's bears rams doesn't matter benny cunningham always in the back of my mind but cam Akers, ben to me cunningham. to me the the talent gap is kind of there for cam Akers. i think he is significantly better than the next man on the rams and i kind of think that he might end up on top midway through the season and run with it. i think he's the miles sanders of this class he's going to be the most valuable to own over the second half in my opinion but the going's going to be kind of tough as they feel it out to begin with. So you're going to see a Malcolm Brown game that's fantasy relevant. Probably going to see Daryl Henderson games that are fantasy relevant. And then it might take a little longer, but I think Cam Akers eventually becomes the 70-30 guy. But I think it takes at least half the season. And I am very much hands-off on Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I am as well. I don't think I own Daryl Henderson anywhere. Malcolm Brown, he was waiver wire fodder. It's going to be one of those things where be the smart dynasty player, pick Cam Akers. Go ahead. You can just throw him on your taxi squad if you, you know, if you can. Um, let everybody else fight over Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Let people chase the points. I call it points chasing. They're chasing the past constantly instead of looking at the future. Um, and just sit back and smile next year or even at the end of the year when Cam Akers is tearing it up. Everyone thinks I hate Cam Akers, by the way. I don't. I just didn't see what other people see. And he's a guy that I want to watch more film on. You, know? de- you definitely should. I think it's do- Yeah, I think he's good. I just, um, there's other guys that I like better. So yeah. uh, if you listen to the Dynasty Rewind, you know, I tend to be in love with LaMichael P. Ryan. It's a thing. No, can't n- can't help know. myself. Um, <laughs> but I think Cam Akers, he's really going to pay off. And Sean McVeigh is smart enough to um, utilize his skill set. Also, you know, everyone's talking about the Rams line is bad. I don't think it's as bad as people think. Don't forget, a bad line in the NFL is still better than a bad line in college. So, Cam um, Akers is going to be just fine in L.A.
0: Yeah, it, it is. They, the only issue is they didn't really do anything to improve it from a mediocre year. So, it could it could only get worse, but we'll just have to wait and see. Got to get on to some wide receivers shortly. So, J.K. Dobbins, how does this affect your Mark Ingram shares. I, I personally think they're going to run the wheels off Mark Ingram still. I think J.K. Dobbins was a luxury pick. I think it's absolutely going to take a full year to pan out. So out of all the guys' names so far, I'm more apt to buy Mark Ingram because I still think he's going to have a top 20 running back season. Uh, because I just think they're going to run the wheels off of him before they insert J.K. Dobbins into a major role. I think J.K. is going to be – the change of pace back to begin with. You can basically forget about Justice Hill and Gus the Gummy Gator Edwards. I swear we're the only freaking place that calls him that because, well, we came up with it, but nobody else seems to like it. It hasn't caught on. But anyways, Mark Ingram, I'm still buying those shares. Out of all the guys mentioned so far, give me those Mark Ingram shares and I'll draft JK because I think it's going to be 2020 Ingram, 2021 JK Dobbins. Do you agree, disagree? I think you can move right along because I agree with everything you said.
1: Be perfectly honest with you.
0: That's when it's magic. Okay. Keyshawn Vaughn. This is a tough one. Ronald Jones shares. I think this could go either way. I'm buying Ronald Jones because I think Ronald Jones is the more dynamic guy. I think Keyshawn Vaughn is a little more Peyton Hillis. So yeah, Buccaneers reference, cheap way to go. But I like Keyshawn Vaughn okay, but he was not really on my radar And just because the landing spot is desirable talent does eventually win out. And I still think Ronald Jones is the more talented of the two. And I think this could be the year that he proves it. True. I, he,
1: he might be more talented, but it really matters what Bruce Arians thinks. Right. And we all thought that he'd use OJ Howard. Um,
0: that didn't work out.
1: I like Keyshawn Vaughn. No, it didn't. I'm actually surprised they didn't trade him. Um, but that's for another time. Um, I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot, and I think he takes over sooner rather than later. I think, I think Arians is a guy like Adam Gase, where when you're in his doghouse, he just doesn't do anything with you. And Rojo missed one blocking assignment, and he's not Arians' guy either. But Keyshawn is. So also, I want to say, if you say nice things about Keyshawn Vaughn on Twitter, he will block you. You can ask Garrett about that. What? So <laughs> Garrett loves Keyshawn Vaughn. That's his dude. He was always putting out threads about him and this and that, and he went to look at something on his Twitter one day and found out that Keyshawn Vaughn
0: blocked him. <laughs> What's up with all these NFL players and NFL personalities blocking us? Like, arms just got blocked I, I by Woody Page. That's-
1: I don't know. It, I don't it, know. And, it, Garrett's the nicest human being on the planet. He doesn't say anything bad about anybody, and this guy blocks him. It's like, all right, whatever, dude.
0: Well, there you go. Rojo you do. all the way.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think we'll see. I think he's going to want to get him on the field soon. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn is an older rookie. He's 23. So he's a little bit more mature than some of these guys coming in. As mature as a 23-year-old person can be anyway. Um, I think he gets on the field pretty quick. I, I, I can't put a percentage on that one though. Sorry. I I don't
0: know. He'll definitely be on the field. There's no more Peyton Barber. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the second guy on the the pecking order instantly. I just, I think Rojo holds him off, but let's, uh, let's bang through these next couple, get to some receivers. I don't really want to talk about this guy, but since you keep overdrafting him everywhere, DJ Dallas, tell me why you keep drafting him in the early second round everywhere. Um, If I'm correct, I drafted him early because I didn't have a pick for a while, I think, in the one
1: draft. Um, So it's one of those things, yeah, I overdrafted him, get your guy. But he does fit Seattle's run scheme really well. Um, Pete Carroll's a guy, he doesn't care where you're drafted first, fifth, undrafted. If you're the best player on the field, he's going to put you in. Carson's always hurt. Penny is very hurt. He might not play at all this year. I heard some people speculating. I think DJ, DJ Dallas has a... Uh, inside track to be the starter earlier sooner, you know, sooner rather than later. I want to start running back to the Seattle Seahawks. Plus trust in my guys Garrett Price and Nate Christian. Shout out shout out to them. They you know kinda of turned me on to DJ Dallas. And I will overdraft him if I want to. I know my truth bark.
0: Hey you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I just wanted to know why. So you've explained it. I personally think Travis Homer mm-hmm. has the inside track and I think Carson will be back sooner than later and I do agree Penny probably won't. But DJ Dallas, a name to keep an eye on. You heard it from Bauer, me backing it up. No, I'm not, but Bauer says it. So, you know, that's, that's the fantasy game. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. Bauer could very well be right. I could very well be wrong. But a guy that we both love that you let me draft after DJ Dallas is Lamichael P Ryan. Tell me why you love him. Mm -hmm. Does he hurt Lev Bell shares? I say not right now. And I don't think DJ Dallas hurts the Carson shares right now either. So I'm still buying the other The – I'm still buying the veterans on those teams. I actually love Lev this year. They've done a lot to improve the line. And much like J.K. Dobbins, I love the Michael P. Ryan for 2021, which is why I've went after him in a bunch of leagues. So why do you love the Michael P. Ryan, and do you think he hurts Lev this year?
1: If he does, it's later in the season if Lev gets hurt, maybe – uh, banged up a little bit. Um, I like P. Ryan. He's got good vision. He's pretty patient. He's elusive, but he's more powerful than he appears to be at first. I feel like he might be a sturdier version than Lev Bell. Um, Le- Le'Veon Bell, in his prime, was very patient behind the line, you know, behind that great Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line, and then he could just explode. P. Ryan's going to – he's going to wait for a second, then he's going to knock a guy on his butt. Um, I think he fits him well. He's Gaze's guy. Gaze even said, I, you know, I wouldn't have paid that much for a running back. So fourth round draft capital to me says, okay, you don't want to pay a lot for a running back. There. That's an Adam Gaze pick. Maybe he's more inclined to use him. Uh, you saw the non-usage of Kenyon Drake when Adam Gaze was in Miami. Oh, yeah. so Sure did. Um, and you even said, um, Kenny Drake is a talented running back. I heard you say it numerous times on this exact show. And look at what he's doing in Arizona. So
0: he's always, uh, but hey, maybe he was a guy that had, had that potential. Oh, go ahead. No, no, he always had that potential. It, it was, yeah. you could see it if you watched him. The problem is people didn't watch him because they, one, they weren't watching Miami, two, Gase wasn't playing him. So as a Dolphins fan, seeing every game, every time I see Drake get an opportunity, I'm like, what is Gase doing? This guy can do everything. And thank mm-hmm. God he went to another team and, and he finally gets to show it. All right, let's take a short break to talk about our sponsor for the show. Today's Backrow Fantasy Show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on, from their online casino to poker and blackjack as they are bringing the Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can wager on. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, Stock Prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open, 24 hours a day, and all online. So visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive your new welcome bonus with promo code CLNS50. That's C-L-N-S-5-0. online your online wagering solution. Last two guys, let's quick hit on them and move to receivers. Do you think Zach Moss, sure. does Zach Moss hurt Devin Singletary? Does A.J. Dillon hurt Aaron Jones? I say no on both. I think Aaron Jones, they run the wheels off, let him walk. Uh, Singletary, I believe in him. I love Zach Moss, but I really believe in Singletary, so I'm going to go no on both of them. But obviously, if I own those guys, I want Moss, I want Dillon. Dillon's a great pick for 2021, but do those guys hurt the veterans for 2020?
1: I'm going to agree with you on the Green Bay situation 100%. I'm going to say Moss might hurt Singletary a little bit, but not as much as people think. Um, I would definitely probably try to get both of those guys in the backfield, to be honest with you. But it's not going to be a huge indent.
0: Yeah, you want them both. I mean, because really Singletary and Moss, they're not similar players, but they're similar talents. And Dylan. True. Dylan's a completely different ball game from what Green Bay has right now. Dylan is Derrick Henry light. So, I mean, if he gets the chance in 2021, he, he could pay some uh, – I'm going to say he could pay some Brandon Jacobs-like dividends down the road. Not anything crazy, but, well, you know.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Last one. Yeah. I thought I was going to end it there, but I'm really, really high in fantasy on Antonio Gibson – You got Darius Geis always hurt, Adrian Peterson always old, Uh, Bryce Love nowhere near playing to my knowledge. Is Antonio Gibson a guy you have eyes on? Because I think he hurts everyone in in, uh, Washington, and I think Antonio Gibson is going to be that that Chris Thompson-like player that just kind of seeps value out of everyone else that's already there. Agree 100%. That's going to hurt your running backs
1: in Washington. That's going to hurt your receivers in Washington, too. He did play wide receiver mostly at Memphis I believe. Yes, he did. Uh, the same school that also produced Tony Pollard. So, um he could do everything and he's he's big too. He's 62 I think. I don't know. I don't I don't have my Dynasty Rewind notebook out right I think, now. I think he was overshot. Uh, he's shot. a big dude.
0: He runs hard. I thought he was overshot on height. I thought he came in at 6 foot and he, you know, 228 something like that. Uh-
1: that's Still, that's a pretty sizable
0: guy coming oh, out of yeah. the backfield, though. Absolutely. And and so. I love him, and he's got hands. I mean, what we want in fantasy is guys that you know don't just run, but they catch. And this is a prime candidate sure. to make some noise in Washington. So on to wide receivers. Does C.D. Lamb hurt your shares of Gallup or Amari Cooper?
1: Gallup, yes. I think Cooper, no. I think it hurts Blake Jarwin as well. Uh, I don't think it does anything to Zeke. And if you have Dak, you're just fine.
0: Man, it makes it makes Zeke better, in my opinion. It is it is going to do nothing but help Zeke. Like, how are you supposed to focus on stacking the box when CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper are on the field?
1: Oh, it's real easy. You draft a quarterback in the second round when you don't need one. That's how you defend it. Oh, wait, I'm oh. sorry. Sorry, no, you don't. Oh. I don't know. Oh.
0: <laughs> Salty Eagles fan, sorry. Salty. I listen, man, I I it was too early and they needed mm-hmm. they needed something else. But I, for one, I love Jalen Hurts. The problem with that is I also love Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He's just a little injury prone. But man, the insurance they got with Jalen Hurts, like if Carson Wentz has a serious injury anytime soon, Jalen Hurts has the potential to make Wentz a trade candidate. That's my opinion. Trade it won't happen because Wentz has a ton of money on his contract, but Jalen Hurts has really high upside. In my opinion, we didn't love, J- uh, Lamar Jackson as a quarterback either. And Jalen Hurts is, that is true. Jalen Hurts is a more bruising runner. Lamar's more finesse and. Jalen Hurts is probably a better no you know what I won't say better they're probably on the same level as a passer coming into the league but Jalen Hurts he's got feature running back skills when he's running the ball so
1: he does supposedly Howie Roseman reached out to Carson Wentz before they drafted Jalen Hurts said look We're taking him, but we're going to get you weapons. And they did. They drafted a lot of guys that nobody ever heard of after Jalen Hurts. Well, they um, got Jalen Rager. Yeah, it's been interesting.
0: They got Jalen Rager. I mean, I I don't –
1: yes, they did. And I I love the Jalen Rager pick. And, of course, you know, typical Eagles fans were up in arms about it. Oh, we should have gotten Justin Jefferson. Just relax. If you're pissed off because you didn't even know who Jalen Rager was, then why don't you watch some film before you get angry?
0: that easy Jalen Rager is a better pick than Justin Jefferson in my opinion so I, I think they nailed the for pick. that team yeah yeah for that yeah. team like I like just what they need
1: yep and I like Justin Jefferson's spot too I think he's going to be really good in Minnesota were you planning on talking about Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson
0: absolutely yeah go ahead let's do it
1: well then Look at that Segway Master Michael Bauer right here. Um hey, I don't yeah. think Justin Jefferson hurts him that much really because it was always a Thielen and Diggs show anyway. It was. Um but you know, Thielen's getting older, and I think you have your replacement right here. So if you have Thielen, draft Justin Jefferson.
0: Oh, absolutely, because Thielen has you know, there, he's shown signs of fading. I mean, he tip he tends to fade a little bit at certain parts of the season, and he's not super young. He is really good, but there's got to be, he has to have someone opposite him. And whoever's opposite him is going to be pretty damn good if they're talented. So Diggs was good. Thielen's good. It's going to be the same thing. Jefferson's going to be good in Minnesota. He's going to slot right yeah. in there. Uh, You know, basically, I mean, he's got a lot of Diggs-like qualities to him already. So I don't think Minnesota is going to skip much of a beat throwing to those two guys, but I don't think it hurts the Thielen shares for sure. It it, the thing that hurts the Thielen shares is just when is he going to decline more rapidly? When is the decline going to happen for a longer portion of the season? So I, I still like both guys in Minnesota. It's there's always as long as Kirk Cousins is there, there's always going to be two wide receivers that are highly fantasy relevant. So it, it doesn't it doesn't scare me off. It just makes me want to replace my Dig shares with Jefferson and and keep. I just said Jefferson and keep my Thielen shares. <laughs> Agreed. So CD on to Jerry Judy. This was one of the landing spots I kind of hated. Like there's there's just really so, I, yeah. I like this spot I Drew Lock. It hasn't happened yet. He he's not the hype. Yet he's getting hyped. There's a lot of hype surrounding him because of who they drafted. But Cortland Sutton, really good. Cortland Sutton, I think, will lead that team in touchdowns. He will likely Great. lead that team in yards. Jerry Judy could possibly lead that team in receptions. Noah Fant, another year of you know, we've got another year of Noah Fant. KJ Hamler is kind of a rugs or rager light. I mean, he's got the potential to be something. So I I worry a little bit about Jerry Judy because everybody on that team is young. There's no transitioning players. There's no Adam Thielen that in a year or two could just be washed out. Those players in Denver are going to be together for a long time and they could very well just interchange as to who is the superstar week to week. It could be Noah Fant one week. And then Sutton, and then Judy, and then maybe Hamler. I mean, it's it's just. And then you got Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is going to catch a lot of balls. Philip Lindsey's still going to get some of his. I just don't know how they're going to make Jerry Judy a big time fantasy player with all that young talent around him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, then in that case, this might be a better real NFL spot than fantasy spot. Oh, it's a um, great
0: real spot, but. I-
1: Oh, for sure. I remember after this, uh, one of my friends he texted me. He's like, "Oh, looks like your Sutton shares are are hurt now. You could trade them back to me for whatever." And I'm like, "No, did, I don't think they are." This helps Sutton. It takes yeah, it, it it takes coverage away from him. So, um, this is one of the moves where you're talking about does it help hurt? I think it helps the incoming vets, except for maybe Fan. It might hurt him a little
0: bit. I agree. Possibly. I agree. And yeah, and back to the basis of the show. Yeah, I don't think it hurts Cortland Sutton either. And, yes, I think it could hurt Fayette. And, sadly, because I have a recently bought share, I think it hurts Melvin Gordon a little bit too because, you know, Jerry Judy can get open on those short routes. You don't have to dump it off to Melvin Gordon. So the dump-off opportunities are probably going to be less for Melvin Gordon. I just don't love the fantasy aspects of Judy as much as if he would have went to, say, Oakland. But as far as fantasy shares of faint, uh, tight end landscape is atrocious. So I don't think it hurts him too bad, but Cortland Sutton, Sutton's going to be just fine. Agreed. All right. So Jalen Rager, I think he hurts everybody. I
1: don't think there was anybody there to hurt. Um, Alshon Jeffrey had a horrific injury, some sort of weird thing, late November. I don't know if when he's going to be back. He's pushing thirty. Um, everybody else, uh, Deshaun Jackson hurt, old uh, Greg Ward, career practice squad guy was a collegiate quarterback, and then it was a bunch of guys that they scraped off of South Street in Philadelphia. So, well, what, um, what about JJ?
0: What about JJ arcega Whiteside? Does he? I mean, does Jalen Rager hurt or help him?
1: Well, I don't know how you can hurt a guy that only caught, like, 16 passes last year. Um, their their game is completely different, too. Yeah, J.J. is a big... He's a jump ball guy. He's a possession guy. He's going to fight you for the ball. Jalen Rager's not really going to do that because he's going to be about two steps ahead of you. So, their game is just completely different. Um, Rager's a stretch field guy. J.J., if he can develop into anything what people think he could be, I think he's going to be a short, intermediate guy. So, I don't think he hurts him too much. Like I said, completely different style of play. And I really don't care. If, I'm sorry, bitter Eagles fan. I don't care if he hurts Alshon Jeffrey or not. No. Um, Howie Roseman came out and said he expects him to be a big part of the offense in 2020. Howie Roseman's is just saying all the right things. Yeah, it's a smoke screen. If they can move him, I think they will.
0: I agree. So Rager doesn't really hurt anybody. Uh, T. Higgins. What about T. Higgins? I think T. Higgins absolutely Hurts the Alton Tate shares, uh, which I had a lot of, and yeah. I sold them off.
1: Uh, yeah, you pumped him up pretty big. And I, I actually got him in a bunch of spots because of uh, your recommendation. So I'm kind of bummed about T Higgins as far as that's concerned.
0: I am too, because I really like Alton Tate. I, I think if they would have held off from drafting T Higgins, Tate, Boyd, AJ Green, they would have been fine. But you got Joe Burrow, you know. I think drafting Tate was an okay choice for the future because he probably is more talented than Boyd and Alton Tate, and A.J. Green is kind of Adam Thielenish. I don't think he's going to be relevant for much longer, but I think T definitely hurts everyone in Cincinnati. I, that That's not to say he's going to be a fantasy stud from day one, but that, that wide receiver core in Cincinnati all kind of evened out for me right now.
1: Yeah, it, it could be one of those things too. I agree with you, but I think AJ Green is gone after this year, so maybe Allen Tate's kind of a sneaky buy low. Hang on to him for a year if you have if you have space on your roster. Yeah, you I mean then be. next year could be something real good for you.
0: Well, yeah, especially if they use Joe Burrow in a capacity like he was in, you know, in LSU. All those guys are going to be probably somewhat fantasy relevant, but. We'll we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. I also believe the same thing about A.J. Green. Probably not going to be around much longer. But Henry Ruggs, uh, obviously I think he kills Tyrell Williams' value. Brian Edwards further kills Tyrell Williams' value. So as far as Raiders that were on the roster last season, it's hands-off for me on anybody that was there last season. It's going to be Ruggs and Edwards if he is healthy. And, And I don't think anybody else is going to come close.
1: Yeah, I agree. Just for the record, I'm not the biggest Henry Ruggs guy, but I I'm will say that either. the Raiders have done they've done really well drafting in the last couple of years. So, um Yeah, I mean, I don't own him anywhere. Do you have Ruggs anywhere in any spots?
0: I don't, but that's cuz I don't love him. The fact that the yeah, Raiders true. the Raiders wide receiver core was already weak is the reason I'm hands off of the veterans there. But yeah, I'm not I'm not big on Ruggs. I mean, I think Ruggs is going to be a Maybe a 50-60 catch guy, which is going to be great for a rookie, but I think Brian Edwards has the potential to be a 50-60 catch guy. Tyrell Williams probably 35-40. It's going to be kind of Cincinnati-like with those guys.
1: Yeah, if I want anybody in that receiving court's Brian Edwards, I think Henry Ruggs is going to be a better NFL
0: player than fantasy player. I agree 100%. Michael Pittman. Does Michael Pittman hurt T.Y. Hilton, Paris Hilton, or Paris Hilton, Paris Campbell? Wait, what do you think about Michael Pittman?
1: Well, I hope he's not hurting Paris Hilton because she's a lovely human being. Um, she I think T.Y. Hilton. Is he on the last year of a contract. I don't. He's got to be getting close, so I think he's going to be walking soon anyway. Um, Paris Campbell. I don't. He was pretty banged up last year, but I think he's got a, he's got a different skill set than Michael Pittman though too. Paris Campbell, from what I remember researching him last year, um, he's kind of your intermediate. Screen guy M- Michael Pittman's more the prototypical outside receiver receiver for the ball. Um, I think they got a good one-two-three punch there with Hilton, uh, Pittman, and Campbell, you know, for the interim. So, but if he takes away from anyone, I think it's T.Y.
0: I agree, and I and I think Michael Pittman has all the potential in the world to end up being the guy that paces them in touchdowns. So, Pittman was one of my favorites going in. He's one of my favorite landing spots as well. So I've never been the biggest T.Y. Hilton fan anyways. He's very hit and miss in my opinion. So I, I I think Pittman kind of hurts them all. So I'm not really looking to buy shares of T.Y. or Paris Campbell. I actually sold off my Paris Campbell shares. That could be a mistake because I think you could be right. But I just – I watched Philip Rivers over the years. He had eyes for Keenan Allen. Mike Williams never quite got to the level we wanted Mike Williams to get to. Maybe he still could, but I see one majorly fantasy relevant guy in a Philip Rivers led offense, and I, and I think it's Pittman over the years. Maybe not initially. It's probably still Ty, but Ty I don't think is going to have one of those big Ty seasons. It's going to be, you know, twenty to thirty range, and Pittman will probably go thirty to forty range as far as the finish goes but I definitely don't really want anyone on the Colts if I have a Michael Pittman share. Yeah, I agree with that. Denzel Mims. Uh, Denzel Mims, there's not really many people to hurt in the big city, the Big Apple, but Jamison Crowder and Mims, again, different games. So I still expect Jamison Crowder to have a fine season, so I'm not really looking to sell him, so to speak. I think Denzel Mims ultimately helps him with taking a little bit of coverage off because, you know, Denzel Mims, he can beat you deep. He can jump and snag the ball, but Jamison Crowder is still going to be underneath. So I'm not really worried about anyone that was there already for the Jets. Uh, There just wasn't enough people to really worry about. So to me, it's Mims, Crowder, uh, Robbie Anderson's gone. Is, Is there anybody on that team that you think Mims hurts? I mean, I don't think we had eyes on anyone to begin with.
1: Well, Brashab Perryman did sign there as a free agent. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to say because Crowder was there. He's your possession guy. Uh, Perryman's new to the whole system, and then there's Mims. So it's hard to say who he hurts. So yeah, it's, I don't it's, know. It's, it's hard one of those to things.
0: say. If you had those guys, you're probably holding them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't sold off my Perryman so. shares because as of right now, any one of those guys could emerge. So I'll just hedge my bets right. on any one of them that I own and not sell low on any of the three. Cause it's just really hard to tell how it shakes out. So I don't think he hurts anyone. We just simply don't know who Sam Darnold's going to have eyes for. What about Brandon Ayuk? Uh We got Debo. We've got, uh, well, we got Debo, <laughs> Debo and Iuk. There's really nobody that, I think is even kind of in the picture. I actually love Brandon Ayuk, one of my favorite rookie wide receivers. And I don't think he helps or don't think he hurts Debo, because again, different different games. Ayuk is the absolute best slot receiver in this draft, in my opinion. And Debo's still going to get carries and he's going to get those possession receptions.
1: I agree. Yeah, he's going to help Debo. He's not going to hurt him. I'm going so, to, And I'm, that, that offense spreads the ball around a lot, too. So you're going to be good having either of them, to be honest with you.
0: I'm going to take this moment to brag a little bit. I told you in the Rewind okay. that the 49ers would not draft a running back. That they were fine, even if they let one of them you go, right. which they did with Bereta. But Mostert, Coleman, going to be fine. So they did the right thing, in my opinion. They got Jimmy Garoppolo some help. I love Brandon Ayuk doesn't kill a lot of people moving on chase claypool Does claypool hurt real quick if i can say they did not draft a
1: running back however uh you will hear saturday if you're a dynasty rewind fan we're doing our undrafted free agent episode only podcast that does a complete episode on that they did pick up savannah Ahmed and Jamichael hasty as undrafted free agents so they didn't draft anybody but kyle shanahan does know how to use a running back so
0: look out for those guys, snag them late in drafts. And he does have, he does know how to use, uh, low draft capital running backs as well. So not a bad tip at all. Exactly. Not a bad yep. tip at all. all right, Chase Claypool. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Cut you off there. No, you didn't. Uh, what do what do you think? I, I personally think Deontay Johnson and Claypool are going to be the future. It looks like they're going to let yep. Juju walk. This is what the Steelers do. Year in, year out. They do not pay wide receivers. So does but does Claypool hurt any of them in twenty twenty?
1: Yeah. Um I think it probably hurts James Washington more James than anybody. His game's Washington. different. Washington. There it is. I was waiting for it. His game's different than both Juju um and Deontay Johnson. I like Chase Claypool. I am not a Notre Dame fan. I just want to with that out there, but he would have had better stats if Ian Book was in his quarterback. Yeah, I'm not an Ian Book fan at all. I don't know if he was a senior or if he declared for the draft. I don't think anybody picked him up because he's awful. Um but I have no choice but to trust when the Steelers draft a wide receiver. They oh, do yeah. it pretty damn well. Yeah, so.
0: they could have drafted the guy I dislike the most in this class, which I don't know exactly who that is on the outside looking in, but it, it doesn't matter who they drafted I after my miss. Cause I didn't think Deontay Johnson would do anything. They proved me wrong. So I'm going to take those chase Claypool shares where I can, as long as the price isn't too high because Juju's going to walk. I mean that the Steelers could make it to where Juju walks easily. They could play Claypool a lot and Deontay Johnson a lot. And they could underuse Juju. I don't think it'll happen, but I think they've already moved on, so I don't know if they're going to prioritize getting Juju the ball. They may prioritize Claypool and Deontay Johnson, maybe even James Washington to that effect. Hell, we could see a trade of Juju. He's cheap. They're going to lose him anyways. Yeah, They could could see what they got in Chase Claypool, see if Deontay Johnson takes another step forward, maybe James Washington as well. We could see Juju on another team, so... I I ultimately think it does hurt Juju. I'm not completely off of him in fantasy because he's going to be somewhere new in 2021, but yeah, Deontay Johnson, I don't think it hurts him too much. If there's going to be a guy that is their reception numbers guy, it's going to be Deontay Johnson. So ultimately I think it hurts Juju. Yeah. Could. Few more. LaVisca Chenault, does it hurt D.J. Chark? Does it hurt D.D. Westbrook? I think it hurts D.D. Westbrook,
1: not uh, D.J. Chark. Minshew and Chark have a really great rapport with each other. I don't think he has that as much with D.D. Uh, that being said, I think, um can't even think of what the head coach's name is, Jacksonville. Is it uh, still Doug Marone?
0: Yeah, Doug Marone.
1: Yeah, somehow Doug Marone is still a head coach, but um, they did bring in Jay Gruden, who got a who just got a raw deal from Washington. Team was always competitive every, every Eagles fan. They were competitive every year. He had no talent. Um, also, I'm not high on Dwayne Haskins. That's story for another day. But that being said, I think they're going to move LaVisca Chenault around everywhere. They said that they were going to even put him in at the Wildcat, which is fine. He's only going to play two quarters a game. That's fine. Right. I don't really think he hurts. Um, DJ Chark. Maybe cuts into D.D.
0: a little bit. I agree. I agree 100%. Chark will be fine, in my opinion, maybe even better than he was. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, probably time to cut bait, unless you're hoping for him switching teams and blowing it up. So I agree. That's there, what I would hope for. Is there any other wide receivers that you think are worth mentioning? I've got one left, but I'll give you the floor if you have any. Um, go ahead with yours. Maybe I could rack my brain a little bit while you're talking about him. Well, my favorite guy that no one is drafting high and I don't draft high because I know I'll get him in round four. I think that the future reception leader, uh, as far as wide receivers go in Baltimore is my boy, James Prochet, James Prochet. I was just thinking about him too. Dude, (laughs) SMU, uh, just absolutely killed it. He led college football and receptions. He's been said to be the absolute creme de la creme of possession receivers in this draft. I watched the tape. I agree. I Willie Sneed, forget about him. Uh, Hollywood mm. Brown is Henry Ruggs-like as far as like 50 to 60 and a lot of long balls. I'm not big on Hollywood Brown as far as a you know, high-volume guy goes. But James Prochet... High volume's coming. I'm taking that to the bark bank. It may not be in 2020, but I think we're going to see deeper into the season that James Prochet is going to be that reliable outlet for Lamar Jackson. So I don't want any wide receiver in Baltimore right now. There's too many ifs, ands, or buts, and James Prochet, surprisingly for me, is is the factor.
1: I agree with Prochet. Um, I'm actually going to give you two here real quick. Uh, one is Quintez Cifas who got drafted by the Detroit Lions. Um, if Patricia wants to run ball, Quintez Cephas did block a lot, playing at Wisconsin, so he blocked for Jonathan Taylor a lot. And um, I think he's the only wide receiver that they technically have under contract for 2021, believe it or not. Um, huh. The second one is Antonio Gandy-Golden in Washington. Someone's got to catch the ball there. Someone and does. EGG they- was a steal in the fourth round.
0: The only problem I have with that one is it's a Dwayne Haskins-led team. I don't know if they can support more than one fantasy-relevant wide receiver, and that guy is Terry McLaurin. I like Gandy Golden, Golden Gandy, whatever. I probably just Debo Samueled him and mixed his name up. But Terry McLaurin is is head and shoulders the best wide receiver on that team. I just don't know if there's going to be a fantasy-relevant number two wide receiver. But if there is, it probably will be Mr. AGG.
1: Yeah, I could I could see it happening.
0: Also, uh shout out to Devin Duvernay
1: for Baltimore too. Yeah, um he, he could make some of those guys that you mentioned before obsolete like Willie Sneed.
0: Yeah, he's definitely got a chance. And and I like what the Ravens did, actually, because Hollywood Brown, you know, different player from Prochet, Prochet different player from DuVernay. It th- I like what they're doing, but ultimately Mark Andrews is probably the guy. But I think Prochet has the ability to be the best wide receiver receptions wise on that team. Quarterbacks, we'll end it there. Bauer's got to get on to his show. We know Burrow is the guy. We know Tua yep. eventually will affect Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is not super fantasy relevant anyways. Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor, not super fantasy relevant. Doesn't really matter. Uh, does Jacob Eason or Jordan Love do anything to the shares of Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers? Rivers' shares are on the decline anyways because he's just about done. But – Is there any thought to 2020 Eason or love? I don't think either one of them hurt anyone in 2020 it that's, it's another case of, uh, we're looking forward to 2021 with those guys. 100% agree. Unless somebody gets hurt. Absolutely. And and we'll end it. We'll end the show on this. Does Jalen hurts at all affect Carson Wentz, not talking injury, just simply does Jalen hurts mean. 50 less passes for Carson Wentz or a handful of runs less? Does, does he affect him enough for it to matter?
1: Um, Not for it to matter. I think you could still get Wentz relatively cheap. People were down on him for a while. Um, everybody was on Mayfield last year, and he didn't finish as a quarterback one. Just want to point that out that Carson Wentz did while going 9-7 and seven and winning the division's with no one to throw to. I understand that that's a bad narrative, but it is also true. Um, He's going to affect them. Absolutely. He's going to take plays off from him. So I don't think it's going to be as massive this year as it's going to be in possible future years. And uh, just back on what you said before, if Wentz does get hurt and Jalen Hurts shows well, what I can tell you is Harry Roseman, since they signed Wentz to that big contract, he's going to flip Hurts for the big score because that's just what he does.
0: I agree. agree 100%. Uh, Jalen Hurts was not drafted to take over. He was drafted solely as insurance and as a RB2. <laughs> the running back two in Philly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So there you go. Talked about some guys that were drafted, who they hurt. Do they hurt him? Do they not? Hopefully that helps you out some. I'm sure you got plenty of Eagles fix because we had Rager to talk about. We had Jalen Hurts to talk about. It was, it was good. It was good. We got to talk about our teams. No, we didn't. I didn't get to talk shit about Miami because they didn't draft any skill position players that are relevant. Oh, well, it is what it is. So there we go. Back row show Bauer. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to a episode with arms again. Kinda. He's okay. He's all me right. Me But, oh, we love arms and he
1: is the Brill champ. Just so everyone knows he beat me
0: fucking hell. i i i I save one f-bomb for the show and and there it is there it is arms is the brill i'm gonna save mine for next time sounds good bauer thanks for joining me folks thanks for listening check out the back row network all those teams on the network check out the dynasty rewind check out the back row fantasy show next week check it all out we want you to be here this is why we do this the feedback is great we appreciate it definitely go check out the rewind it is very much on all cylinders right now with Nate. So go check it out. Episode of that dropping tomorrow as well. Bowers on his way to do that. So thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Absolutely. Peace. See ya.
1: This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening. And be sure to give us a review.